Welcome to the Freedom Fridays podcast with me, your host, Pete Clark, the Whispers Guy. Work seems to expand to the time that we give it. And I've been investing my time, occasionally on a Friday, to explore how we use our time, our energy, our attention, and the impact it has on our identity. I've been exploring over season one, some of the mindset shifts in the handcuffs of I have to, to the freedom of I choose to. And I've shared some conversations, some tips, some tools about how you might want to invest your own time, your own energy, your own attention, how you might want to, if you choose to, make some changes to your identity, how you might have freedom from I have to and design a life around I choose to. If that's of interest to you, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to this week's episode of the Freedom Fridays podcast, where this week my guest is an entrepreneur, an author, published author in one of the world's most prestigious publications. Um, He's a good mate who I've connected with over the last few years, and he's also a world champion. Good evening, good morning, Richard Oakes. Hello, Pete. It's very nice to be here. Nice to see you. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. I can't wait to dive into some of the things that we've been chatting about over the years and just prior to starting the recording. But um, yeah. let, let's open up with the, the same question that I ask everyone. Um, Freedom Fridays, in the work that you do, and you, you and I do similar sorts of work, maybe either side of the same coin with some big name global clients with the clients and the work that you do what what do you observe people are seeking freedom from well i mean one of the reasons why i reached out to you to talk about that question is because it just resonated with me because i think in the last year particularly i've noticed a little bit of shift in what people are, Mm -hmm. uh, are seeking freedom from and the answer sounds a bit counterintuitive, but um, in many ways, they're seeking freedom from uh, being way too busy, right? Too many, th- too, too many things, too many things coming at them. Uh, a level of pressure, change, um, conf- confusion, if I've not said confusion already, uh about so many multiple stakeholders so many things coming at them in in some ways like freedom from that noise that craziness into a little bit of so what not so much from but what what i see them then wanting to move to is is reflection a bit of quiet a bit of peace a bit of time Mm -hmm. right to be able to Oh, just think about stuff, right? Mm. To, to be able to consider, to be able to connect with themselves, with each other. Um, you know, and if you ask questions, if you ask, you know, the famous five whys, you know, why is that important? Why is that important? Why is that important? You know, it's interesting what people get down to, you know, Um because if you ask them those why, you tend to find them going back to the fundamentals, a bit like the conversation we had. Why? Because 
God, my family, you know, and I need to spend more time with them or my health. I need to address my health or, you know, it's, it, and the reason I said about the last year, because it's sort of, it's, it's less about, well, I need to be free to think about this so I can make more money, so I can be more successful, so I can grow, so I can do this, so I can do that, you know. It, it's tended to be for me and anyway, the work I've done to go more inwards and go, so when you ask the why, the whys go inwards, right? Mm. Before the craziness, the last few years, call it, yeah. let's just call it that. Let's just call it that. Um, there's a lot of outward, like it was, it was, you asked the why and it went, it went out. Oh, I want to be in competition. I want to grow the business. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's interesting with my clients and you know, the sorts of clients I act for, you know, they are mega successful. Yeah. Right. By any measure, I don't do any remediation work. All the clients we've worked for over the years are super successful. You know, some of the best law firms, some of the best accounting firms, some of the best financial institutions, some of the best brands, you know, they're, they're doing amazing things. But in almost every case, actually, now think about this question, the whys have gone inwards. And, and the last thing I'd say in, in, in terms of this first answer is, and I don't know if you found this, but when people go through that why, a lot of people end up asking themselves, why am I working here again? Yeah. Right? And they almost, they're almost getting to the point where oh, I think I need to find a different... Hmm. Maybe I need to find a different place to work, you know. Mm. So I don't really, that last bit only came to me on the back of your great question. Yeah. And there's a bit of a theme there in quite a few extremely high performing individuals I coach or I've worked with them on their boards or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I've got one example of a, of a guy who's decided, yeah, I am going to, you know, Probably one of the most senior people I've ever worked with, one of the biggest companies I've ever worked with. They just said, I'm going to take a year off to look after my elderly parents. Wow. And care for them. Wow. What's, it makes me ponder and wonder what sort of society we've created that makes that such a staggering choice to make. <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant question. I mean... Oh. yeah what so that again as i as i knew you would <laughs> the, the answer to the question is has given me all sorts of tentacles to explore um yeah I, I might i might start with this um someone described this to me and i think this is reflective of what you've said that during the kind of covid <laughs> i was going to call them the covid years but i guess it will always be the covid years, right so when, we, yeah. when we're facing all these lockdowns there was a view that whilst our personal circumstances were different you know those that were homeschooling those that weren't those that had a space to work those that were house sharing a house was very different most of our work experience was the same we're all on a screen trying to do stuff and get stuff done remotely. Now, yeah. post this COVID hangover that we're in, um, our personal circumstances are still different. And it yeah. feels now that our work experience is very different. And, and I don't mean just whether you're on a screen or whether you're working from the office. You know, mm. I, certainly some of the organizations I'm working with at the highest level 
it's almost like, right, let's grow fast so we can make up for the last two years in yeah. some way, shape or form. And that work experience is really causing people to question, I, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep going at this pace. Yeah. And I wonder if it's almost as profound as the why questions being asked internally. And at the biggest level, why am I here? And I don't mean yeah. why am I in this office, but why am I here? Yeah. And oh, work's a big part of my life. So why am I at this place? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, it's a, again, I mean, it's a. I can only talk about my personal experience in, mm. in, in coaching or working with leadership teams or, um, or working with, you know, p people who are, you know, they only bring me in, you in, when they want to change something. Yeah, that's the irony. Right? Yeah. It's like it's not, oh, come in because we want to keep things as they were. You know, just help us. Just help us keep things as they were. Like no one says that, do they? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> um, and 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 then you see this tug of war, which is I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase. He's like, I want, like I want, like I really, I've got this this tug and this pull to do something different and to change and to make a shift of some description. This idea of I, I'm I'm here and I want to get from here to there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that sort of happens at an organisational level, as you know. So, and, and I think coming back out of the craziness of the last few years, uh, it, it, I'm not even sure we're out of anything, actually. I agree. You know, I think we're, we're just in, getting We're more knowing more, something else. Yeah, we're just getting more and more into something. Yeah. Um, and it, it's posing lots of questions to people at, at that structural organisational level. Mm. Um, and you know certainly because of the nature of the work I do right and you know for me free, for me freedom in my work environment is to choose to work with clients who you like who you think take this seriously who you think really want to change shift go from here to there generally around a more purposeful organization around bringing more meaning into work being more human in the way that they deal with each other and their clients and their customer and all that sort of stuff you know that's where i'm at you know i'm at that working at that deeper human level <laughs> and that when an organization's leader or leadership group pops up into organizational meaning and organizational purpose and what does that mean so you've got this sort of, so you, you, you get this personal tension. Why am I here? What's going on? What does this mean? That bubbles up into an organizational tension. Why am I here? What does it mean? But then you get this, and I don't know if you've found this, but certainly this last year and a bit, this all bubbles up and then you get this phrase, right? I'm just too busy. Just too busy, really. I, like I can't. If only I could have time for this. Like I'm, like I'm just too busy. And whether it's because of the supply chain build-up and the craziness, or 
or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I actually honestly don't know what it is. For, mm. Right. But certainly with my clients, it's gone mad. It's craziness, busyness. Busy, 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 busy. Like, so, so, the, so I wonder whether there's something, it feels to me like something's got, got to break before the realisation happens. Like, and I don't know where that breaking point is. I mean, like, at what point is that tension between busyness and purpose and meaning just, snap and are people like either go oh, i just have to give up on this change because i'm just too busy mm. i can't get from here to there because i'm just too busy mm. right and that that's the break or the break is and this is like just telling the story the irony of this you'll make me smile is that's exactly where i am in my situation right and i've got exactly the same question which is I've had the busiest, we've had as a business and not me personally, like I've had the busiest year work-wise I can remember. Wow. I would think in O10's history, for me personally, the busiest ever. That's big. Right? And you know, I'm trying to juggle this hmm. as an over 50 older master's athlete. I've got to rest, I've got to train, I want to try and be a world champion, you know, all this stuff. Sure. Then, 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 then you've got the work and advising clients who are extremely demanding you know what they're like you know, yep. the clients we act for and, and and then if i'd get up in my helicopter and go to 50 tower whatever however high helicopters go <laughs> um and look down at everything as far as you can like what it feels like that this is a metaphor here, like this breaking point of stretching, stretching the thing out through this business idea. Mm. Like, I don't know. I mean, do any of your clients go, I've got loads of time, Pete. Yeah, come in. Let's spend four days on this. No, no, they don't. And I, and I, uh, so very, <laughs> we could have guessed, right? I'm in a very similar position. And my, my wondering, my curiosity about my own busyness, uh, and I'm, making a little bit of progress is for me and i'm going to speculate this is the same for some others the business made me feel worthy the business made me feel significant the business made me feel important because my relationship with those things was less than healthy and so i wonder if and some very smart people are falling into the trap of using busyness as a bit of a badge of worthiness or significance or importance or place or value or love. And I wonder, I, I wonder if that's kind of part of the melting pot. Yeah, I mean... That's a great question. I mean, what I find is if you can get to people very personally, right, and get them to stop for a minute, right, get off the dance floor. Yeah. And right, go to a different talk. balcony. <laughs> yeah, it's all this, you know. Yeah. Flashing lights and 
and and because you're in there, right, and you're in the sweaty, you know, mosh pit of the of of, of, yeah. of everything. Yeah. Um, but I think you've hit on something there because when you can get them just to the side and sit quietly and say, right, let's just take a few deep breaths and let's just be mindful and let's be reflective and let's think about your why and what's going on and what matters. And, and certainly my experience has been that, and you, you ask great questions, right? I mean, it's one of, the, one of the reasons that, you know, I admire your work so much and I've always said that from the first moment I worked with you, met you, you ask great questions. And if we can give people space by asking really good reflective questions, <clears throat> you can see hope. Like you can see a, a oh yeah, okay. You know, what would happen if you weren't so busy? What, like where would it, what would actually happen? People are like, uh, 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 you know, it's like, it's like, like they've got to almost break this, this autonomic program. It's like, that doesn't compute. No, I, let's make it compute. You're a very smart man, woman, whatever, you know, a very smart person. Yeah. Put your intellectual brilliance into answering that question. What would actually happen if you stopped being as busy? You know, and, and, and when you when you sort of track that through, you find people like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Well, I could, yeah. And they quite quickly, you know, you realize that, and it's back to what you said, you realize that busyness by and large is self-inflicted. Like, it's not always self-inflicted. Right? Yeah, sure. But, you know, no one's got a gun to these people's heads. Like no one, no one's, no one's forcing, holding them down, you know, and saying, right, you know, if you don't do twenty hours a day, you know, you're going to get. So, so no one's in, no one certainly now. I mean, there are unfortunately people in the world who are in way more difficult situations, and they have to. Yeah. They've got to. They literally have to fight their way out. Um, <clears throat> but you know, the people we deal with aren't in that situation. You know, they are. Oh. They're very senior, they're financially often very already independent. Yeah, they're, they're not doing this because they need to. But when you drill down, no one's doing this because they need to be busier. Yeah, well, so that, that, that does get me wondering, whilst no one's holding a gun to their head, I wonder what is being held to their head or their heart that's causing them to do the things that they don't need to. Because like you say, no one is doing it to be more busy. Yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah, I think it's a very personal, I found it's a very personal, it's very personal, like it's deeply mm -hmm. personal for individuals. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, these folks, and you know, I include myself, stops to ask those questions, like why, why is being busy really important? at this moment mm. in your life, mm. right? What are the alternatives? What would happen if you weren't so busy? Where would you put the time? What would you do? Yeah. You know, those made like the great coaching questions you're so good at asking and the other great coaches are so good at asking. And 
And I mean, I'll, I'll get onto a slightly bigger question for humanity, really, and for people who do our type of work. And, um, you know, we've talked about this energy worker, this energy worker concept, you know, there was the generation of the knowledge worker. And so, you know, there was the manual worker and the knowledge worker. And I think if you're an energy worker at the moment, and I would consider us to be energy workers, like you, we work with human energy. There's, what's the thing about the, the symbol for crisis is the same as the symbol for opportunity. Is that in Mandarin or Japanese or something? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Get, get, yeah. yeah, you get the idea that the, 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 the symbol for opportunity is the same as the symbol for crisis. And I, I think that's an interesting invitation for people who do energy work at the moment because you, mm. it's like, when you step into these organizations, the extent to which this issue of, well, can we come in? I, I think it's really important. This is the most important work we're going to do in our business this year, says the CEO, Dawley's troops. So we're going to spend three days with Richard and Pete to do this. And if we go, three days? We can't do three days. Have you seen how busy we are? I can't do three days out. Yeah. So... So then you get the call the next day. Richard, do you think we could do it in four 45-minute sessions? Uh, yeah. Uh, and th this is where this opportunity in crisis, I think, comes up. And for, for people in our type of work, it's an interesting, how do we respond to that? Do we respond to say, okay, yeah, all right, Jennifer, CEO, lady, person, um, let's do that. Or do you say knowing you might lose the gig. Like, if you're not going to take this seriously, don't bother. Because it ain't going to work. And I find myself in, I've got a client I'm working with at the moment who is brilliantly successful, fantastic people, got this great from and to strategy. You know, it's all tick, tick, tick. The high one of the best change leaders head up their strategy and change thing I've ever worked with it's just they've got all the right ingredients and yeah you know you know you know our business we've been very successful over the years done some great projects landed some amazing change um you know with our fairly unique way of doing things which is very personal like goes deep personally and you've got this sort of disconnect between the CEO who's Mind you, but the CEO is interesting. The CEO is modeling the struggle for the whole foot like business. You know what I mean? They're, 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 oh, I know I need to spend more time on it, but I can't, I can't give this to someone else, or I can't say no to that, or I can't, you know, so right from the head of the thing downwards, um, you know, they're getting in the way in their own way. They get like it's like they're getting in their own way. It's like, how can you get them to get out of their own way? And that's like a very clumsy sort of, yeah, sort of. Way. And I'm reminded of that brilliant film with um, Matt Damon and Will Smith, where he's the golf caddy. I don't think you've seen that film. Will Smith yep. is the golf caddy. Yep. The legend of Bagger Vance. That's it, yeah. Where, where he says to him, you know, you've got to be able to see the field. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I can see the field. It's 400 yards long and there's a flag on a stick at the end. He said, no, 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 no. That's it. There's, 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 you know, you know the story. There's... There's a shot waiting to come through as every, every one of us. 
The perfect shot is waiting to come through. You've just got to get out of your own way. Yeah. You've got to get out of your own way. And I think in the last couple of years, people are more in their own way, maybe, than they've ever been. That's an interesting reflection. Um, I think even pre-COVID and certainly post-COVID, if I'm asked to, you know, summarise, you know, is it? Can you give us a one-liner, Pete, about how we should be more successful? My answer is almost always the same, and it's that cliched, you know, line of uh, "I found the enemy, and the enemy is us." <laughs> yeah, same thing, can, right? It's the same thing. If we can find a way, if we recognise how we're getting in our own way then how do we get out of that way? And then it comes back to some of the work that you and I would do around the kind of Keegan and Lacey stuff around the yeah. immunity to change. And when you explain that concept to them, it's it's so simple and profound and yet, well, that's too easy. It can't be that or easy. Too busy. Really, it can't or, be that easy. Or, or I'm too busy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and. Yeah, it can't be that easy. But but I can't get, I'm too busy to get out of my own way. Yeah, yeah. It is, is if I had to sum up, like what's the, what, what sort of, I'm up again, where energy, the energy worker who can make such a transformational impact at this time, particularly, like at this yeah. time. Yeah. Right. But I do think that you've made a point about what, what is it that's, what is it, what is it that's, captured people or dragged people into into this i'm too busy i'm crazy i'm busy like mm. um you know i do wonder if there is a bit of panic or oh my god look what we've just been through and we, we could have lost mm. this and we could have therefore i've got to double down on, on being busy i've got to double down on everything mm. because i can't i can't i can't risk losing you know I wasn't sure I was going to come back and I can't, now I'm back. I've got to double down on being super busy so I can justify, yeah. you know, and, and what this is, what this is, I can't, I, I can't lose this, you know. It was at risk in the, in the COVID craziness. Yeah, I've got a pet theory about that and I'm going to maybe explore it with the kind of parallel universe that you exist in terms of being a world champion. I'll, let, let me kind yeah. of position this first. Um, yeah. There's many, many of us who've been, you know, enthralled or a bit intrigued by the work of Simon Sinek, who asked yeah. us to find our why, which I, yeah. I agree with. Um, and there's many useful things about that. Um, however, the distinction I would make is if we find our why for our current self, yeah. we might struggle a little bit or kind of like feel like we're paddling up the yeah. stream. And my counsel to people is, you know, Start with who. Who do you want to be in the future? Yeah. What's the future demanding of who you would like to show up as and who do you want to be? All those great questions around identity. Yeah. And then yeah. find the why for that new identity. Yeah. Okay. So in parallel, maybe just a quick 30 seconds on what sort of world champion are you? And then second question, to get to that position, if your trainer coach said to you, oh, Richard, um, 
we think, well, could you become world champion? And rather than doing it in three days, could you do it in four times 45 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't work. So I'd be really interested for you to share. <laughs> yeah. Did you start with who? Did you find your why? And then how did you make the time or find the time to do that on top yeah. of everything else? Because it'd be very easy for someone like you to go, I'm too busy. So could you start by explaining yeah, absolutely. what sort of world champion you are and well, how, how did that come to be? I'll show you the jersey. This might give it away. If anybody knows anything about cycling. Yeah. So, so, so there we are. Yeah. So for, ba- for people that are watching, they'll see that as a that the world champion. Yeah, that's a, it's a rainbow cycling. jersey, which is a rainbow cycling. If you, yeah, which is a cycling, which is a cycling thing. So yeah, so I'm I'm a world champion on the on the velodrome track cycling for the individual pursuit and the four man team pursuit in the masters category. Obviously, because I'm obviously I'm not 25, <laughs> and people will be amazed to hear. For those who can't see me, I don't have much hair, and what's left is grey. Um, so yeah, cycling is my thing, but also this year I gave the world road time trial championships a crack, which is at Trento in Italy this year. So I've normally been on the track this year. We gave the, we talk about what I mean by we, we gave the, the, the road time trial a crack and I won the road time trial, which, which is a bit, which is a big thing. Yeah, you know, sure. there were 7,000, there were 7,000 athletes at that, at that, at that championships and across age groups and stuff um yeah so that's my that's my back that's my sort of backstory on the cycling yeah um yeah it's quite a complex answer to this question Pete if you'll bear with me um so cycling for me when I was very young eight nine ten years old was absolutely fundamental in me getting some freedom huh. right isn't that isn't that ironic given there the, you go right you know given, we, given the you nature know, stop given, all the clocks we're done yeah we're done <laughs> right um because you know i didn't come from a well you know well-off family and we didn't have a big holiday you know so there was not much going on let's put it that way mm. so my way out of things both financially interesting and physically was to ride my bike so you know as a 14 15 year old national standard cyclist i could go to a bike race and win 10 pounds at the weekend right when my contemporaries at the the pretty rough and ready school i went to would get 25 pence pocket money Right. Plus, I'd go places. I'd be, I would go out and imagine I was riding the Tour de France or imagine I was, you know, I just it was totally sketched, total freedom, mental, physical, financial. The cycling has a massive part to play in, in, in the character, who I am. Massive. It still does. It's a big so part the of identity. Yeah. Yeah. The who, like the who. Mm-hmm. The who. And that's why. Um, you know, I and, and there's another little there's another little dimension to this, which is um, cycling has been part of my life, but not a sort of elite racing level. From about twenty, I stopped and got a career and a family and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that was just a choice I made. But 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 
five years ago, I was still into cycling and I was running the business and it was fortunate it was very successful. So I got a bit more time on my hands. My wife got cancer. Wow. And I had to stop work to look after her. And anyone, anyone, anyone who has been a partner to someone who's got serious cancer, I mean, all cancers are great, but I'm talking serious chemo, the eight, nine months, edge of death type, really grim stuff. The person looking after the person, like it's a bit like the oxygen mask in the aeroplane, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first before attending to someone else. But most people don't do that. When when you're caring for someone else, you just, it's all about them and never about you. But cycling, I went back to cycling because it offered me, again, back to that freedom. I could get away, I could reflect, I could energize myself. I could be in a better, I put my own oxygen mask on to be in a better place to look after my wife, my son, etc. So, so cycling is it's a massive part of the identity. But as I was, as I through the cancer community, for the world is a funny, ironic place, isn't it? Through the cancer community, I hooked up with a, a, a professional cycling team and a, and a particular individual who ran a professional cycling team that was sponsored by a cancer charity. Right. So because my company had been successful, I threw some money in to sponsor them. And he, he asked me a really profound question. He said, uh, he said, you're a really good cyclist. Like, I know you're getting on a bit. At the time, I was probably 47, 48. He said, wouldn't it be interesting just to see how fast we could get a 50-year-old cyclist? <laughs> right. But I'm a process geek. Like I'm a process geek. Right. Like I'm a process engineer. I'm really, it's not. It's not so much about the end goal. Although the end goal is how fast can we get a fifty-year-old to be? What if we put everything that we were doing in our professional team? By the way, this guy, Lucky Muck, Dan Bigham, B I G H A M. Like like this guy, the World Hour record. He's now the. The, the, the performance advisor to team INEOS, the INEOS Grenadiers, the, yep. the, 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 probably the most sophisticated professional team in the world. This guy is brilliant, right? But then he was just running this little team and, and then he went on a journey and I was right next, like I was in it with him. That's how I was in this journey with him. And, and basically it was like, well, anything he does, can I have one, please? Was basically that, so if you get a faster speed suit, I'll have one. If you get a faster helmet, I'll have one. If you get a faster wheels, I'll have some. If you get a coach that trains you in a different way, I'll have that, you know. And, and therefore we, we went on this journey, this incredible journey. Um, but always was the, the, this, like the why of freedom was so like, not until I've told this story, when I go back to what cycling was, did it, represent such a massive and, and then therefore it doesn't become a choice you don't make a choice do you ride your bike or not it's almost like you don't choose to sleep or not like it's just it's just an it's like it's just an in, it's just an integral part of my system mm -hmm. like it's just there's no choice there's no choice involved it just is and when you commit to something like that, it's not like a diet or a fad or it just is like, it just is. It, 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 it's who you are. Like you said, it's who you are. Mm -hmm. and, and, and therefore what you do with it, the goal is a separate thing. 
So I think you're right, actually. It's a separate thing. And I'm just reading this amazing little book by George Leonard called Mastery, right? You've probably got it on your shelf somewhere, right? Ah, um, um, the, the name has triggered, uh, I think I might have actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's got this concept, which is, and, and I'll just explain it because the, when you get on the world championship podium and you put the jersey on and you give you the gold medal, it lasts about 30 seconds, that feeling. Wow. Wow. Right? Let me tell you. I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it, would you step up the podium? That's it. Once a national anthem, God save the king, long live our king and all that. It's finished. And Leonard talks about loving the process, loving the plateau, he calls it. This mastery, you know, where you plateau, you plateau, you plateau, then you pop and you make a little bit of progress. Mm -hmm. The master is not interested in the, the gold medal, the jersey, the 30 seconds on the podium. The master is, loves the plateau, loves the process, loves it being part of who you are. Mm. Right? It's not about, I say, it's not about the jersey or not about the medal or not about the... Um, so I think that's... You know, in, in some ways, just as ever talking to you always makes me reflect on my own practice and my own work. Um, and maybe there's more I could do to get people to think about that. Because it then doesn't become a battle. You're not giving this up to do that. This is who you are. And, and out of who you are, then you set a goal of what you want to do. Right? That's and, my sense. And, and it's like a pyramid, you know, and the bottom of the pyramid is who you are and loving the process of who you are. Mm. So you're not making choices about what you do. And if you can factor into who you are, some of these practices, like for me, it's, I mean, cycling has a huge benefit to health. I mean, my co-founder always used to say to me, when we had the biggest, gnarliest strategic problem with a client, for God's sake, Richard, go out on your bike. Because he knew what would happen is after three hours on my bike in the rain, I'd come home and I'd send him a message. Oh, I'll solve that. As I was going through this particular wood and the forest and the rain was hammering down, this, the solution came to me. You know? yeah. There it was. Mm. Um, so that's a good example. Why I said, Greg, I mean, I hadn't thought of it like that. But who, the who you are is that foundation. And... and and maybe a question I've got for myself in working with my clients is get them to think a little bit more about that and not be so obsessed like Leonard would say. That what, that thing, that thing, the medal, that, that is, it, it, it shocked me actually when I reflected back on right. the 30 seconds is, is, is all it lasts. And it's gone. Anyway, so that was a long-winded answer to a very short question. Well, thank you. That's a fascinating story, and I've made some, uh, again, probably reinforced some of my own, you know, views around start with who. Um, yeah. I'd also be interested if you would explain then what's it like, and it's a big question, when to become world champion if someone asks you, well, can you just do it in less time than you'd normally? 
So that kind of client scenario, hey, Richard, yeah. we want to go through this big transformation, but can we do it in half the time? Does, does that, is that even possible to become a world champion by cutting corners? The reason I'm pondering is because this last year, as you know, I've had more work than ever. Mm -hmm. And yet I've managed to train in a way that's made me faster. So not only was I the oldest athlete in the age group when I won the world title, I also set a new world record. So, So something happened in that process that... where I trained a bit less, uh-huh. right? But this is not like going from, you need a four day program to can we do it in three 45 minute segments? That's not what that was, that was like. Hmm. It was like, you know, I did 20,000 kilometers on my bike last year. Wow. And I've probably done 13, 15,000 on it this year. Right. Right, so I've reduced it. But the question is always, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're clear on who and you're clear on the target, if you're honest with yourself, this is really important, if you're on, totally honest with yourself about what the component parts are of your life that you need to address, and you're honest and you've got an external person who could hold you to that. So for me, I've got a really high quality coach, cycling coach. Um, And if the dialogue between the two of you is completely honest, um, then unrealistic. So he would say to me, if you want to be world champion, you can't do it on 6,000 kilometers a year. It's just not possible. Right? Where's the line? How much can you give it? Honestly, if you cut everything else out. So that, that, that setting up the parameters early is really important. I can probably give it, you know, two thirds of what I did last year. Okay, we can work with that because of how good you are, how, the, the level of performance you've got. And that, that would apply to my clients. They're very high performing individuals. So, so that, and, and, and then your own execution I would say I've been more effective and more efficient in my own execution because I know those parameters. So if you look back at the training intensity of those 6,000 kilometers less, the training intensity and the focus and the, has been probably higher. But, but you've got to be, you said to me, but you've got to be incredibly um, honest with yourself like that. That's, that's, and, and have someone who understands you and it. Quite do, do you think it's so given that example of the coach that you have yeah. um, is it possible to hold yourself accountable like that not for me right because you asked me that question you didn't ask it you didn't ask the generic question you said is it possible for you to hold yourself accountable like that yeah for me for me it's not okay um, and also, when someone's looking in from the outside, and the, the, so they can give you feedback and confidence that 
more intensity and less volume is going to work. And, you know, you need someone who understands that, that, that the interplay of, of quality versus quantity and where the line is. Mm -hmm. um, and I completely trusted it. That's the other thing. Like I completely trusted it. So if he said to me, yeah, Richard can do it with less time and more intensity and more focus and tweaking the physiology of what you're doing, a bit more time in the gym, because you haven't got much, that's not time consuming. An extra session a week in the gym is another 45 minutes. It's not like three hours on the bike. Right. So it's knowing those leaps, but it's a, yeah. But I'm seeing parallels in my work, my coaching work and my leadership team development support work out of this conversation as well, which I hadn't seen before, but that's hmm. why talking to you so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, could you share what some of those insights are? Uh, well, I think getting getting my clients to look at that who, mm -hmm. right? That who foundation yep. layer, and always in the context of that, of finding that who that that sort of, and taking the choice out of some of that practice. Like I said, cycling for me is not a choice, right? It's just who I am. So if you, if you could if you could get through coaching and the intervention, people to understand this is not this is not something you add on to your day. This is who you are. It's in trip, like it's who, right? And when 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 the who switch gets flicked, it's massively powerful because it's not oh what are you doing today or what, when are you going to the gym or what? Do you, that's just like my wife never asks me are you going out on your bike today or what time are you going out on your bike. She just knows it's who Richard is. He's it's who he is. And it's fascinating because the, the I, I guess the little poke that I give some clients when they raise it is, I, I know you're busy. And if any of your family called up and said, you know, little Johnny's broken his leg, he's in hospital, and you got yeah. the call, I don't think any of you would say, okay, that's, that's good to know. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, I'll be there at 5.30 because I've got a few meetings to attend to first. Exactly. Right? They would... The identity, who they are as a father, mother, you know, blah, 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 caregiver would kick in immediately. There would be no okay. choice. No choice. There's no choice to make, should I go, shouldn't I go? You would just, for most people, I think, they would just adopt the identity and the behavior ensues. So choice is very inefficient, Pete. Choice is that, very inefficient. That is, a, that is an insight that I hadn't thought about. Choice is inefficient. Yeah. Got to make a decision. Do I do that? You know, if the amount of time people undernard about whether to go to the gym or whether to do this or whether to do that, if they added all those seconds up in a week and made it part of who they are in a particular thing, like it's supremely efficient because you, you, there's no, I, I don't have to hum and ah decide whether I'm going to ride my bike. It's just who I am. It's like I don't have to hum and ah decide whether I'm going to breathe uh -huh. or sleep or yeah, or sleep. Are you um, going to breathe today, Richard? Let me have a think about. Whether I should breathe now or maybe I should breathe a bit later. Yeah, I'll breathe when I've got time. Yeah, I'm too busy to breathe. <laughs> right? Wow, mate, a, if we could crack that nut. Well, I've cracked it in my cycling because at 54 now, I'm going faster than I was when I was 20. Wow. No, I mean, crack the nut of how do we have people fully immerse themselves in a new who? Yeah, totally, yeah. That's the energy work, right? That's the energy work. And, and 
you know, I was, I was watching an interview with Jeff Bezos about decision making, you know, and he just said, I, I, you know, I try and make three, I only try and take three decisions a day. Right? And, and then he said, and Warren Buffett said, I only probably take three decisions a year. <laughs> right. Right. And I remember seeing an interview where Bill Gates was talking to Warren Buffett and they were comparing diaries. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah. And Warren Buffett said, I bet you his diary is full from morning to night. He's a big CEO of Microsoft and then there he is. And Warren Buffett's, look, his diaries said, oh, I've got one thing in the next three weeks. <laughs> if you were to look at, you know, mine's and yours as an example, but any of our clients' diaries, it would be packed. Exactly, yeah. I try not to pack my diary. It's a big thing for me. Well, I can't pack it because, because part of who I am is two, three hours a day on a bike. Mm. It's just who I am. Right? I wouldn't put a meeting in at 4 a.m. because I'm sleeping. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm too busy for that. I'll put a meeting at 4 a.m. I mean, some people are crazy enough to do that, right? Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hey, we're dealing with extremes here. Look, I am conscious of that, like we, as predicted. <laughs> as predicted. We I, haven't even scratched We haven't even scratched the surface on the stuff you and I could talk about. We, I know. And we're already 40, 47 minutes in. Yeah, I know. Well, look. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go for a bit longer, but, you know, I know you've got some wrap-up questions and stuff like that, but, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Look, um, maybe we can do it again. Maybe oh, I'd love to do a part two. In 23, we'll do a part two and we'll talk about, you know, taking the choice out because choice is inefficient. We'll talk about clear yeah. on the who and the target. We'll talk about yeah. uh, it being part of who you are and loving the mastery of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and getting out of that, because I can tell you, this is a triple world champion. 30 seconds is the max. You get that feeling yeah. that it's gone. That is fascinating. So, Richard, um, how do people get hold of you? How do we how do we connect with you if people are interested in following you or doing anything? Uh, LinkedIn is a good place to find me. as well for people. If, yeah, if you just put if you put my put my LinkedIn profile in, they can connect to me there. Yeah. Um, Richard at o10group.com. Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to email me, be delighted to hear from people wants to talk more about this stuff um they're probably the two easiest things i, I do I'm, I, I put a few things on instagram but the thing i'm not a big social media type person so yeah. you know linkedin email me um i am writing a book at the moment um yeah i am yeah but that's not quite ready yet but it will be out next year and then maybe we can talk about that because that's love to yeah that's called the mindful cyclist uh, but it's not, um, it is about cycling, but as you can tell from this conversation, it also, like, there's wow. a lot in there for, 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 for general, general happiness, well-being, getting the most out of life, not it's being funny, inefficient. It, it made me think of, um, so you might have heard of the Proclaimers, who are... Uh, yeah, of course I have, yeah. Band, right? Um, did, did you know that they're my cousins? No. Yes. Are they? Yeah, through marriage. They're they're my uh stepdad's nephews. So right. I, I know Craig and Charlie relatively oh, well. I'd walk I'd, I'd walk I'd walk five hundred miles for that. Yeah. Well I, I was gonna say because one of the songs is called The Angry Cyclist. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ah right, okay. Yeah. 
I don't think it's quite meant to be that, but that that's what what came to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, Richard, a couple anyway. of you know, closing questions for you. Yes. Um, are you more sunrise or sunset? Crikey. Um, I would <laughs> say sunset. Be an easy I would. I would say sunset. Sunset, okay, and you know, hence proving the point that choice is inefficient. <laughs> given yeah, you exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer to ride in the rain or the wind? Uh, wind. Okay. Tour de France or Giro Italia? Tour de France every time. Okay. Favorite cyclist? Goodness me, that's a of the many you could choose from. Yeah, that's a tough one. I would say Bernard Hino, just let you see. Okay. And I know, like me, you're a reader. Um, yeah. One of the books that's changed your life. Oh, this one stands out massively. The Art of Living by Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm-hmm. Amazing book. Unbelievable book. And uh, to, to capture spirituality... Uh, energy, mindfulness, health, relationships in, in a way that's so accessible. You mean like those? Yeah, that's the ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just incredible, amazing, amazing human being. Yeah. Um, Richard, uh, as ever, it's been a pleasure and I hope the people who or eerie wigan on that conversation find some of that useful it's been a joy before during and after um, <laughs> so this is this is a lifetime not not just for a season yeah yeah you bet you my friend thanks again richard have a good day <laughs>